This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Well, I'm sitting in MetLife Stadium last week, and I actually felt like this is the same game I watched over and over last year. Jets defense balls out, keeps them in the game, but the offense is so anemic, it makes you want to gag. I looked at my boy, who, who, who I was attending the game with. I said, Jets don't do something on this drive. We're out. Let's beat the traffic. So the Jets, of course, find a way to score a touchdown, and now they've reeled us back in. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Defense gets a stop. Jets actually had three opportunities in the final two and a half minutes of that game to win it. Safety, short of the sticks, and then the Hail Mary. So they just find a way to keep breaking your heart over and over again. And it's hard to overcome the worst quarterback in modern NFL history. Because at the end of the 2022 season, Wilson became the first quarterback since the merger to register the worst passer rating in consecutive seasons. On 98.7 ESPN. It's tough to get on here every single week and, and talk about the same thing. It's, it feels like we could replay old shows from last season. It's the same story over and over and over. So ESPN power rankings are out. The Jets come in at 24th. Their biggest weakness is, of course, the quarterback. And as I mentioned to a caller, he's actually been bad when the offensive line is held up. Lowest QBR in the league when the defense fails to record a pass rush win. So that falls on him. It's not just the line. It's not coaching. A lot of it just falls on him and his inability to just look like a representable guy under center. Power rankings have the Giants at 23. Their biggest weakness is the side of the ball we told would flourish because they added all the weapons, and that's their offense. Giants' offense was supposed to be monumentally better, and it has been incredibly dormant. They're averaging 14.3 points per game. That's the second worst in football, only to the Jets. So that that just shows you all you need to know about uh, what we're watching on Sundays with these two local teams. And the question coming into the year for the Giants was, can Daniel Jones become the second-best quarterback in the NFC? And so far, we're not remotely close to that. And I don't want to blame him. A caller tried to say, you know, we need to give him more smoke. Daniel Jones, can he play better? Of course. But the offensive line has been a mess. He's without Saquon Barkley, who was his best weapon last year. Darren Waller, I mean, we're still waiting to see signs of the guy that we were, you know, everyone was raving about during the training camp, how much of a difference maker he was. Unguardable. Jalen Hyatt, where is he? So I think their issues go, you know, well beyond just that of the quarterback. They've got the worst defense in football. They can't stop a nosebleed. And now they're home dogs on Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks, who they'll be battling for a playoff spot, which means that if you have any aspiration of getting into the dance, as you did last year, uh, there's no pass to that that does not include beating Seattle. You start 1-3, and 0-3 in your conference, and then you got to go to Miami and to Buffalo and win football games, I just don't see it happening. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Bryce in New Jersey. What's up, Bryce? Hey, man, how are you? Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate you calling, man. What's going on? Okay, so I have a proposal uh, for someone on their team to be a quarterback. Okay, this is going to sound crazy. He was a fingertip away from winning the game. Oh, no, stop it. Randall Cobb, yes. He should be the quarterback of the team. They should try it. They Why? Try to do it how does that make sense, Bryce? Tell me how that makes sense. High school, no, 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 I, I'm not making it up. In high school... He played quarterback. All right, all right. Bryce, 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 Bryce. 
Yes, yeah, I'm listening. In high school, he played quarterback. So now he should be the starting quarterback of the Jets? I'm not saying it's a permanent solution, but if they're down at halftime by a lot. Goodbye, Bryce. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I, I, I'm going to a party later. I'm excited. I cannot. I, I can't deal with that kind of... Uh, what are you? What are you talking about? The, the the solution. I've got it, guys. I've got the solution. I know we just signed Trevor Simeon. Rodgers is out. Zach Wilson. We took him second overall. I've got the solution. Randall Cobb. How do I know he's the solution? Because back in high school, he was the quarterback. Seriously, John in New Jersey. Come on, man. Come better than that. That guy did. That that was that was terrible. What's up, John? Hello, uh, Mr. Butler. Yeah, silence. Silence uh, with starting the phone call with silence is already, you know, miles better than what that guy had to say. Bryce in New Jersey. Let's go on what we know, right? We know he can't read. He can't read. We have Aaron Rodgers, who is a once-in-a-lifetime quarterback when it comes to processing offense, offensive information. How does a coaching staff or management think that they can interject this kid into an Aaron Rodgers offense? Terrible mismanagement. It's not possible. It's like putting a frog in the desert and expecting him to flourish. Well, you say he can't read defenses. I mean, what offense? What offense is going to work for him? Every offense requires you to be able to diagnose a defense. Okay, very good. I coached college football, right? He can run, and he has a blazing arm. You have to do RPOs and play action where he just goes to a predetermined uh, toss. That's it. You can't expect him to read. He can't do it. There's, he's not going to be different. He's not going to be different. He's but, not going to all of a sudden rise like the Phoenix this week and save his career. And this, it can't be done. And I, I know. I think that's the answer, too. I appreciate the call. But if, if the GM of the team, with the second overall pick, drafted a guy who – simply can't read a defense, then what does it say about the general manager? Like, that's like – you're focusing on the the offensive coach, the uh, offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, being, like, the biggest culprit, right? Like, he you know, he's putting together an offense, expecting Wilson to be able to handle it. He can't do that. It's a mismanagement of, uh, 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 of the job. The bigger problem is if that's the case, and you just said you're coaching in college, if if the diagnosis on Zach Wilson is that he simply can't read a defense, that's nothing to do with the offensive coordinator. That that's the general manager for utilizing the second pick in the draft on that guy. Tony's in Staten Island. What's up, Tony? Hey, uh, how you doing, Ty? Doing okay, man. What's going on? Hopefully, I can be one of the good callers. I don't know what's up with the callers today, but um, as far as the Jets, as far as Wilson, you know, we see him playing scared. And I think, I mean, he needs to take chances. They need to throw on first down. They need to have play action on first down. I think a lot of the game plan with the Jets, if you look at the play-by-play, at least over the last few games, it's run on first down, run on second down, pass on third down. You know, and, and for them to, to mix it up and stop them, uh, the defense being in the box, I think it would help Zach. And I think for that, that's an indictment on the coaching staff. I think it's an indictment on the coaching staff that they don't move him out of the pocket. And I think it's an indictment on the coaching staff that they don't see that they can even block for him. So the, it, all of it doesn't work. And I just, it leads me to Sunday night's game where the season will be over at that point. I think we'll all go to bed early. <laughs> you know, I think with the Jets' defense, as great as the Jets' defense is, they don't get turnovers. Okay, and what's going to happen in this game is that the, the Chiefs are going to be on the field for most of the game. Jets three and out. 
defense is going to the Jets defense is going to be on the field a lot, and I think for that, you know, it's it, they're going to get worn out, and I think that they're going to get worn out in the next few games as well, and I think it's going to take their toll. They don't. This is a three-win team. A lot of optimism, Tony. Love the optimism, unless brother. They go, <laughs> unless they go out and get Kirk, yep. Unless they go out and get Kirk Cousins or make a trade for some not quality veteran quarterback. This is not at this point in time. Not at this point in time. And it's a three-win team. I don't care if they're ranked twenty-fourth or whatever rankings this is. They're the worst team in the league. Tony's very dejected. Right there, He's dejected. Right Tony. there in the top. Let me go. I can't say anything else. Hopefully, uh, you have a couple of good callers today <laughs> and a great show. Thank you. I feel you, Tony. The frustration is uh, the frustration is present, and you know, rightfully so. I I I think there is room for the uh, for Hackett to. Spice it up a little bit. I heard Darren Orlovsky on the K show talking about moving the pocket for Zach, getting him in more comfortable positions. But again, if we come back to the conclusion being that this guy is just not good, then I don't know what's salvageable about him. Like we've we've got enough of a sample size to to let you know. Even his teammates know it. Players on the opposing team know it. The coaches know it, and the fans obviously know it. Watching this this dude, that he just doesn't have it. Christopher's on the BQE. What's up, Christopher? Hey, man, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Appreciate you making it, man. What's up? Um, well, I was, everyone's been talking about Aaron Rodgers coming back, being around the locker room, being around everyone. Maybe, you know, like, hopefully that'll turn things around. I'm saying if that does turn things around, then they need to fire the entire coaching staff. The fact is this coaching staff thought they had the year off. They were like, we got Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be calling the plays at the line. He's going to help us when things go wrong. He's going to handle the media, blah, blah, blah. Now they got to get to work, and I'm sorry, but they can't do the job. They're not doing the job. Also, one, one last thing. You mentioned um, uh, Joe Douglas grabbing Makai Becton. That was a mistake, too. Tristan Wirfs was, yep. was the better pick in that draft. And he we went to the defeat, went to the eventual champs that year. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate you making the call. 800-919-3776. I see a lot of you guys want to chime in still. We'll get to you. Alan Hines going to join us next. So, you know, lock in for that. Looking forward to talking to him. Then we'll get back to your phone calls. Ty Lee Butler on Twitter and Instagram. We're going until 6 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. We are this. The Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Bart and Han, 12-3 every weekday with Bart Scott. Joins us on the program. Hello, Alan. Hi, how are you? What's up, man? You sound excited to talk to me. I'm always excited to talk to you. I have a question for you. I want you to give me an honest answer. Ready? No. More likely tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah. More. What's more likely? Zach silences the haters, or this is his last start ever for the Jets. Uh, silences the haters is more likely because th- this is not going to be his last start. And now the only way this is his last start is if something terrible happened to him physically, which we never want to wish on anybody. So I just think that they are committed to him, and there there is no quarterback in, in the waiting in the wings to take over. The only way this is his last start is if something happens to him physically. You don't think that you're not going to start. You're not starting Trevor Simeon, uh, who's been here for five minutes in Denver in a winnable game. No, you're not doing it. So, you know, it's it's just not as much as we all want to wish it and will it to happen. It's not happening. They are is they are they're committed to this guy, 
And a lot of it has to do with Aaron Rodgers' presence and how much he believes and wants to see it happen. And they don't have anyone. Again, Trevor Simeon hasn't won a game since 2017. Keep that in mind. Like, you're, there's no savior. This is your best option. Not great, but it's your best option. That's the reality that a lot of Jets fans just do not want to understand. Like, they want to believe that you wave a magic wand and everything's going to be fixed. What happened four plays into the season, tie is catastrophic. Like, we have to understand, it's catastrophic. This is not, we're not going to take flex tape and slam it on the glass and suddenly the leak is going to stop running water. That's not happening. Like, this is what it is. That's four plays in. It was catastrophic to the season. It is not fixable, as a lot of people are trying to suggest it is. It's not. This is your backup quarterback. This was the choice you made for a backup. You let Mike White, that's your Brock Purdy, walk out the building. So this is you're living with this now, and they have to for the rest of the season. So what happens if they finish in position to take one of the quarterbacks? Uh, do they go in that direction, or is this you know offensive line get a weapon for Rodgers? Like what happens if you finish as one of the worst teams in football and you got a top pick? How how yeah. do you how do you face? We debated this. Yeah, what do you do? We debated this. Um, Bart and I have debated this on Friday because it, it was something that we thought about. Is okay. Let's say the season just goes poorly and you end up in the top 10 with a draft pick that you didn't have to convey to Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers clearly didn't play 65% of the games. And so now you have a situation where there's right now that we know of, there's three quarterbacks that probably will go in the top 10 Mm -hmm. that are playing in college right now. And we watched one of them today put up a ton of number. Great. I mean, six touchdowns he threw against Colorado. Um, if you finish with the number one pick, I think you take the quarterback. If you finish with a pick later and the best offensive tackle in the draft is available, I kind of feel like you got to go with the tackle because Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. And we already saw how things went when the Packers decided to go with Jordan Love and how that soured things and everything else. Like, to, to not take the best tackle – and upgrade your offensive line, which clearly needs upgrading, and do do that knowing that your window is really small, but you probably have a year, if not two, with Rodgers as your quarterback. Like that, I'm telling you, that's what I'm looking at. What do they do? But I would lean towards more than likely they will go with the tackle instead of the quarterback, unless it's the number one pick. Then I think it's obvious what you do there. All right, so this past weekend, one of the reasons why I texted you to, to to get you on, we got some some breaking news in the NBA, and you know, low key, man, season's less than a month away. It doesn't feel like it because football's been getting all the headlines, but uh, season's yeah. about to start. So Dame goes to Milwaukee, and now they become the favorites to win the championship. Uh, so before we get to like the Knicks part of it, your thoughts on the Dame trade? Well, it was shocking to see him go to Milwaukee. And then when you really kind of, you know, go back and look at some of the history between him and Giannis, you start to see that, okay, there's a relationship there. And so, look, it was a stunning move. It was though we were waiting to see when the move was going to be made as far as Dame Lillard because it, training camps open next, like in two, in two days. 
all around the league, you're going to see camps opening Monday, Tuesday, all around the league. And so you just look like there's no way he's starting the season in Portland. Just like, will James Harden be at training camp for the Sixers? So you knew there was a, there was a deadline coming. What was going to happen? And would Miami get their guy? little part of me, i got to admit, kind of smirked when it wasn't Miami <laughs> because they did literally what the Knicks did last year with Donovan Mitchell. Thought they were the only, only one in the race and then found out at the last minute that you left the door open long enough for someone else to come in and steal the prize. And that's sort of what happened to the Knicks. It happened to, it happened to Miami. The fit is phenomenal. Now we'll have to see how it works defensively because now you're talking about with Chris Middleton and, and Dame Lillard, it's not a great defensive backcourt. So that you have to watch. But as far as guarding that team, yeah, that they're going to be tough. They're very good. And that really, to me, sent like a shockwave through the East because the East, to me, was looking like it was going to be sort of mediocre. Now all of a sudden you've got a, a heavy hitter at the top and then you've got a lot of question marks right after that. Everybody has a question mark, including the Boston Celtics. So my reaction to the trade is that, to me, it sent shockwaves, not through the NBA. And by the way, sneaky little side note to that trade tie, Phoenix Suns got some depth. Oh, yeah. Phoenix Suns suddenly got all the, all the people talking about, oh, there's no depth on this team. They, have no, they got some depth. Now, I mean, it's not all-world depth, but still, it's guys that can play and come off the bench for them. And they got rid of a headache in DeAndre Aiden. So, you know, that was also a sneaky good move on the side of them being involved in it. It was a decent but not great return for Portland. I think they were stubborn with Miami, and they got tired of the arrogance they were getting from Miami. And yet, as I said, the East now, you have a whole bunch of teams that are trying to figure out, can they be good enough and stable enough to beat the Bucs? Because – Right now, you put it in pencil, it's Bucks Suns in the NBA Finals. I, I would say there are still some question marks with that team. Middleton's had multiple surgeries in the last two years with his wrist and his knee, so of he's got to stay healthy. They've got, yeah, they're an they're older old. team. Yeah. Uh, they've got a rookie mm-hmm. head coach. Giannis still has those uh, demons late in games with the free throws. So, yeah, on paper, it'll work yep. out, and they're the favorites, but they're still, I, I, I wouldn't say it's a slam dunk like, you know, those Warriors teams or those Heat teams. Got to ask you this, too, though. Drew Holiday all of a sudden becomes available. If you're the Knicks, is that a move you want to make? Yes, 100%. I mean, it's something that you should be involved in for several reasons as I outlined on our show. The very first reason is the first obvious one. He is an easy fit, not only with Tom Thibodeau, as far as being a two-way guard, a very good defensive guard who can switch everything. He can guard one through four, literally. I've seen him do it. In fact, sometimes you see him take on centers because he's that strong. So you got that. He's got a championship pedigree. That's always good to add to a team that's trying to take a step. But you put him in the backcourt next to Jalen Brunson, now you protect Jalen Brunson. And that's also, to me, very important to do. So you have all that, and it's that message you also send to the East and, of course, to the league as if, okay, we're, we're ready to take that step. Like, you want to take that step. They were a 47-win team last year. They got to the second round last year. Then they broke down with injuries. But they were a team that by the end of last season, you started watching them thinking like, okay, this is the machine. And now they added depth with DiVincenzo. If you bring in a guy like Drew Holiday, you're kind of letting the league know that you're trying now to take that step. 
You're still probably another all-star talent away from really being a true contender, trying to get somebody of the, you know, again, the honest name that was thrown around, you can forget that now. He's not going anywhere, not not with Dame there. So this just gets you closer. I think it's important for you to do, and I don't think it's going to cost you nearly as much as what people might think it can cost. That takes you out of the game for another star that could become available down the road, i.e., Joel Embiid. Oh, I was just going to ask you about that. And I guess part of the return for Portland, you know, on the surface can look underwhelming. But since they've made Drew Holiday available, that's going to be a part of the package that they essentially get back for Dane because they'll be able to flip him for some picks. How does this land on on, uh, Joel Embiid's desk? Well... Because well, you you just wa- you just too. watched Ben Simmons, who was his co All Star, mm-hmm. ask out James yeah. Harden, who was yeah. his co All Star, ask out, and you're left looking at you know yeah. Tyrese Maxey's a really good player, but it's Tyrese Maxey and a bunch of guys. Uh, you, your head coach just got fired, so he's think? looking at like, how does this land on his desk? Maybe Kelly Oubre that doesn't that doesn't <laughs> move the needle for you. That's a big addition. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it too, right? And if you're Tobias Harris, aren't you like well, I'm. I'm the first one out of here, right? Like, like this, this, it's, you could just feel like that run that they had had over the last couple of years. It's like, it feels like it's starting to disintegrate. I've heard some things about what's going on with that organization. Not great. The Nick nurse addition is an interesting one, but the kind of coach he is with guys who are sort of, you know, mentally, are they going to be checked in or checked out? Where's Embiid mentally with this whole thing, seeing how this has all gone down. And I don't know if you saw James Harden uh, down in Houston, of course, of all places, uh, over the last couple of days. And you see the condition that he was in by any chance? Because he didn't look like a guy that was ready for training camp. I'm just going to put it out there. Does he ever look ready for uh, for, for, for training camp? (laughs) Yeah, that's my point. So we already know that he never really is ready for training camp. But when you see the way he looked in some of these videos, it's like, okay, I don't know. Is he coming? Like, is he going to show up? Like, what's going on there? So you can already expect there to be a lot of change, a lot of adjustment, and a lot of drama in Philly in how they figure out how the hell they're going to do this. Now, let me get back to Drew Holiday. Okay. Because when you – I said this, there's multiple reasons why, if you're the Knicks, you want to do this. So the first reason was the obvious one I laid out, the fit. The fit is perfect, absolutely perfect. The second reason you do it is because you don't want Philadelphia trading for him. You don't want Boston trading for him, and you sure as hell don't want Miami trading for him. You want to get him so that no one else gets him in the East. Because you know what that does for you? You got a guy that they all wanted because they all need him too. You got him. And that makes you better. And that pushes you a little closer to the top. And that's also why. So, I've seen some people argue giving up assets because we're also we're clutching these assets. I call them, remember I always call it the currency of hope. Yep. All these draft picks and young players that we still are forecasting that one day one of them's going to turn into, you know, the next Michael Jordan never seems to happen, but we clutch them so dearly we won't give them up. It's like Clint Frazier. It's like, you know, we won't, we won't give up. Don't give up Glaber. Oh, we can't trade. We can't trade Andujar. Andujar is going to be George Brett. I mean, it just, like, understand what you have sometimes when you have young players and you have draft picks is that you turn them into immediate assets. And that's what you've got going on right now. And if you can do that, 
it gets you better. It advances the cause, and yet it also stops your rivals in the East from getting him. Because if we're not sick and tired of watching everybody else get better around you, then we're not doing it right. Like, because by now you have to be done with seeing Boston add somebody. Because right now they aren't the same team. They lost Marky Smart, and they're going to miss him badly. But if they add, if they they replace him with Drew Holiday. (laughs) Thank you. You See my point. See my point. And Miami just took an L, I mean a major L, by not getting – uh, a Damian Lillard, but not just that. They were not just not just the Dame stuff. It's Gabe going to uh, going to the Lakers, and then Struce going to Cleveland. Gabe Vincent, lots yes, and Gabe Vincent. That's your toughness at point guard. Yep. So who's playing point guard now? That's giving you that kind of toughness. Well, Drew Holiday can fill that role. He next to Jimmy Butler in that environment, and you know that's all hell's going to break loose, right? So you don't want to see that. So if, and then obviously with Philadelphia, it sort of calms the waters. And gives makes almost makes Embiid kind of happy because he likes Drew Holiday, and now it'll work out a little bit better. And they become a pretty tough team if you put him and get rid of Harden, and you put Holiday and Maxi in the backcourt. So you don't want that to happen. So that's why it's more than just he's a really good fit for us. It's also I don't want to get let everybody else get him. That's why to me, if you're the Knicks and you're involved in discussions, as we're seeing all reports indicate they are. You do whatever it takes to get them. You make sure you get them. And do, like, if you are not willing to add, whether it's one more pick or a protection or whatever it is, to keep the Celtics from getting him, then that's on you. And oh, by the way, Christmas Day, Knicks, Bucks, Bucks you have oh. Drew Holiday. Oh, man. Ooh. How exciting is that? Before we get before we get you out of here, uh, I really had to last night watch Callers for Don six years, one hundred and sixty-two million dollars, <laughs> not be able to record a single out against what are they the twenty-fourth ranked offense in baseball? They've got the second worst record in the American League. I had to watch that. Yeah. This same guy who was blowing kisses at Yankee fans. This same guy yeah. who just mm-hmm. last night on the mound he turned his back to the pitching coach. I got to watch him another five yeah. years. Your thoughts no, on the Yankees in no, this offseason, man? Yeah, no, you don't. You don't have to watch that because if you're, again, a capable franchise, understand certain guys can't play here. You know, when I was tipped off to the Rodon thing was probably a bad idea. Not the fact that they once again brought in somebody with a history of being hurt. All right, let's just put that aside because we know that's just – that was just the thing we did here. Wait, so you mean you to know, tell me, guys? Shoulder injury? Yeah. <laughs> you mean to tell me, guys? What, don't whatever get, happened to that? You mean to tell me, guys, don't get older and healthier? That's not how it works. Um, no, I, it, it, uh, I mean Benjamin Button of athletes. I've never seen him, <laughs> but the, the you know the moment that I knew that this ain't this ain't gonna work was when, if you remember, the stories came out in spring training. I believe that he was gonna miss like almost half the season. Right. And who went to social media to shoot all that stuff down and start attacking Yankee fans and being all kinds of belligerent and frustrated and angry? Do you remember? Who was it? Was it him? It was his wife. Oh, his wife. Oh, yes, I do remember that. Yes, yes, I do remember that. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that's it. Nope. (laughs) Because if you're going to be that sensitive, especially when it comes to, by the way, he did miss that much time. Like, like, like to, to worry about what people are saying when you are in a market like this, and then you're going to go to social media 
like like we're in like 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 we're in Kansas City and start fighting with fans because you know here it's we're in the millions right like you, you're not taking on the world here you just let it go you can't do that and that right away showed you thin skin very upset angry argumentative even if it was right and you still wanted to fight it anyway you ain't made for it like that's it you just you're not made for it and then he does with the, the blowing of the kisses okay yep no that you just confirm now that you have rabbit ears it doesn't work here it doesn't he's got to go he's got to go and that's decisions that a good franchise will make this ain't working we got to move on because when was the last time somebody came back from something like that when it's clear you can't handle it here I guess Julius right? Randle like Randle had that's you know, the one guy yeah. that's the one guy that is still fighting it and I give him all the credit in the world because he fight he's doing all he can to fight it but you know these fans here have not yet officially yeah Nick fans now pat him on the back but they still aren't hugging him right like it's <laughs> it's really really hard to fight back from something like that so I'm just saying you can't tell me like you have to watch this for next part no you don't. And hopefully whatever this analytics audit that they're doing will reveal, you know, something simple. Here, I can do it in five minutes, less than five minutes. You ready, Ty? Here's the result of the analysis of the Yankee franchise over the last 10 years that they want to do. Here's the audit. Ready? Whatever you were doing, don't do that. <laughs> How about that? Whatever you thought was a good idea, don't do that. Yeah, let's stop signing injured players. Let, let's stop holding on to assets that depreciate over time. Let's go. Let's, let's actually... stop telling young players that that just that hitting the ball hard matters more than putting it in play. Hitting the ball hard is everything. We will reward you for that. Don't even worry about it. Everything's fine. Coddle players. Aaron Judge being disgusted is something that I wish. I got. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing if he just went Kobe one day? And just like sat on somebody's podcast and just detonated on the Yankee franchise. Brian Cash just let you know go. exactly how he feels. He's like, oh, either trade me or get rid of <laughs> Cash. Because I, I think it's noteworthy. I know I know you got to get out of here. I, I do think it's noteworthy that he has endorsed Boone as his manager. I don't think he's ever done that for Cashman. Yeah, I mean, look, I, that that part to me, I don't think ever really matters. But I do think if you're a guy of his stature. And you know who you are in the franchise now, especially with the amount of years that you have ahead of you in this franchise. And you know what the fans think of you. His words carry a lot of weight. He'd be like for him to just come out, sit down on somebody's podcast and just outline. Listen, I was down in the, I had the, you know, when I was coming back from rehab, I did a couple of rehab stints. I was down there. I was watching this. I can't believe what the hell they're doing down there. Or these kids came up and they come in the clubhouse and they're acting like this. This is not, you know, I didn't do that when I came up. We don't do this stuff. Like, for him to say how the coach is treated, but I want to know what he really thinks. Yeah, me too. For him to just say, I have my thoughts and I'll share them. Yeah, okay, share them, because we all need to know, Aaron. Because if you keep it behind closed doors, guess what happens? Nothing happens. Because you keep it behind closed doors, and no accountability can be done that way. So I, I'm dying to hear what he really feels about what's wrong with the franchise. Between him and Garrett Cole, the two of them, I mean, just to get their thoughts on what the what what the Yankees have turned into, 
and what they think needs to be done would be tremendous to hear. I mean, you, you get an MVP, a Cy Young, and in the last three years, you've yeah, won one playoff series. MVP, yeah, be, Cy Young, nice one playoff series win. Yeah. Well, yeah. Alan, I know you got to go. I appreciate you joining us, man. Uh, great yeah, stuff. Man. Look forward to hearing from you on Monday following a Jet upset against the Chiefs. So that should be fun. Zach's going to throw Let's for go, 500. Uh, but, yeah, man, I appreciate you, brother. Have a good, have a good night, man. All right, Tom. That, that's Alan Hahn, 800-919-3776. There was so much to unpack from what he just said. We will get back to football. Week four, you got the Jets and the Chiefs. You've got the Giants and the Seahawks. Bills, Dolphins, that, that's an exciting game tomorrow. Cowboys uh, looking to uh, fight off whatever was wrong with them last week when they lost to Arizona. They're taking on the Patriots, who are looking to get back into the you know conversation of being a playoff team. So a, a ton on the slate tomorrow. But we have to get into the Yankees because there's the, what an offseason ahead. This is the most pressure Howe has had as an owner entering an offseason of his, I guess, call it career since he took over for his dad. So many decisions to make, so much to break down. And when Judge says what he said, that, you know, there's a lot to figure out and I've got I've got some opinions on it. There's some things that need to change. That just goes to show you, no, this is not just a one-off. Judge would not be saying that if he looked at this season as a one-off injuries, or what are we expected to do with all these injuries in the best division in baseball? No, that's not how he's looking at it. So I think that is very noteworthy. We'll talk about it coming up. 800-919-3776. Ty Butler going until 6 o'clock right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. He's going to be good based on what? History tells us he won't be healthy. And the latest bullet point on his resume is that he's bad as a Yankee. The guy you signed for six years and $162 million, his last hurrah for what's been a disaster of a year was that last night against one of the worst teams in baseball, he couldn't record an out in Kansas City. Well, and what was that, you know, him turning his bat on Matt Blake, who was walking out to the mound when it was 4 nothing, Turning his back on him. I mean, that's a blatant sign of disrespect. And he had that incident. What was it? In uh, Anaheim against the Angels where he's blowing kisses at Yankee fans. So individually, like these things may not be a big deal. But once you start adding it up, this just looks like a horrendous contract. A guy that's clearly not built for New York. So to expect that Going forward, it's going to change just because we're hoping it does. I just don't know that, that that's how it works. Five years left of this guy after what we've witnessed this season? All eight batters he faced last night came around to score. So now he finishes the season with an ERA of 6.85 and 14 starts. Had forearm issues, back issues, hurt his hamstring, and that's just going to get better going forward? A guy we know with a history of getting hurt, all of a sudden is going to get healthier. I don't see it happening. So this past week, Garrett Cole pretty much locked up his Cy Young case. I mean, he's been awesome. It's been incredible to watch him this season. And putting the final touches on on his uh, Cy Young bid was a, a complete game, two-hit shutout against a, a team fighting for a playoff spot with the Blue Jays. So it was, it was a big game for Toronto. It didn't mean anything for the Yankees. 
But to see Garrett Cole out there and, you know, with the array of uh, uh, pitches he has, you know, put on full display just how incredible he is as a pitcher. Could argue he's the best in the sport at what he does. It, it, it was fun to watch, and you could argue it's the best season of his career. And it comes off the heels of him carrying this team in the playoffs last year. Because remember, you go back just two years ago. We were questioning whether or not this was going to work out because, you know, the sticky stuff situation, he wasn't the same pitcher. And then he had that meltdown in Fenway Park in a wild card game. So we're like, oh, boy, another Brian Cashman special, nine years of this garbage. And he was, you know, just fantastic this season. In the playoffs last year, answered the questions. Is he a big game pitcher post-sticky stuff? Well, yes, he is because the Yankees don't win that playoff series without him. So he lowered his ERA this year to 2.63, finishes the season with 209 innings, both the best marks in the American League, to go along with 222 strikeouts. And here are the categories he's either first or tied in. ERA starts, shutouts, his whip, and his opposing batting average. And this is a feat that, I mean, look, I guess a lot of the Yankee fans were a part of this. You know, it exposes the silliness of just one year ago, folks having a, what they thought was a legitimate conversation about who should start game one against Cleveland. Should it be Nestor Cortez or should it be Garrett Cole? Remember, that was a conversation last year. That actually happened. And what he's done since then has just been phenomenal and, and, and has proved that it was always silly. But I did post this on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler. I, how much do you care if you're a Yankees fan about Garrett Cole winning the Cy Young? Yankee fans have never prioritized individual accomplishments, you know, especially a, a feat that comes during a regular season where there's no playoff resume to attach it to. Yankees are going to be sitting home in October watching everyone else, including other teams in their division the Rays and the Orioles and maybe the Blue Jays. So how much does it matter? And I keep coming back to this. As excited as I am now watching Garrett Cole, as excited as I was last year and this season watching Aaron Judge, this team managed to have Apex Judge, who last year won an MVP, this year after missing a third of the season, still find his way to, you know, top three in home runs. They managed to have that guy, along with Garrett Cole, who, as I mentioned, is having a career year. And somehow you didn't come close to making the playoffs where there are three wild cards. You get that production from your two best players, and you're not, you, you spent the entirety of the last month of the season playing meaningless baseball games, despite your two best players proving they're still among the elites in the sport. And in the last three years, where you have an MVP and a Cy Young, all you have to show for it is one playoff series win against Cleveland. That's pathetic, and if I'm high, I'm red hot. You got the second highest payroll in baseball. You get, you know, otherworldly production from Judge and Cole. And you, you just had an entire month where none of the games really mattered. None of them. So then the, the, the story from Clappish comes out this week 
I'm just going to read you an expert, uh, an excerpt, I should say. One person familiar with the baby boss's thinking believes there will be massive changes in the way the Yankees do business in 2024. It's still uncertain whether the overhaul will cost Aaron Boone his job, but Steinbrenner is committed to finding out what went wrong and how to fix it. That means Boone will have to wait to learn his fate, at least in the short term. The investigation will begin in early October, although, interestingly, the company conducting the audit will not recommend personnel changes. The analysis will instead focus on process and how the Yankees compare to other clubs. So if the Yankees are found to be on the opposite end of the spectrum, what does this mean for how? I, I, I know they're not going to recommend personnel changes, but if you go in there and say your, your analytics department sucks, like it's, it's one of the worst in baseball, and you're, all, you're being saved by the fact that you spend a lot of money and that you have uh, you know, high-end talent, but as far as your analytics department, it's a mess. Trades have been a disaster. Games lost to injury? Oh, man, you know you're among uh, the top in baseball in that category. Player development? A lot to be desired. Minor league system? Nothing to write home about. If you go in there and you see all these things that you're evaluating come up in red, what do you do if you're how? You're still going to bring this guy back? And I know no one thinks that Cashman is going to get fired, but... It, like if you still fashion yourself as uh, you know, all we care about is winning championships. The guy has failed to deliver that. And it's not going to be fourteen years, and your your company you bring in that's going to do all this auditing is going to see that yeah, a lot of the failures fall on him, and he's not going to be held accountable for that. He's not going to be having to answer for that. And I mentioned this to Alan. Judge has endorsed Boone. I, as far as I can see, he hasn't done the same for Cashman. And he said he has many ideas on the changes that need to be made. Now, I don't know if Judge is this kind of guy, but what if one of the ideas he has is, yeah, Cashman's not the right guy for the job. So it's going to be an interesting offseason, to say the least. 800-919-3776. We wrap the show an hour's worth long of conversation. Yankees, basketball, got to talk about the Dame stuff, how it affects the Knicks, and of course the NFL with week four of the season upon us. Got underway this past Thursday night. Packers getting blown out by the Lions. So still a whole lot to do in the last hour of the show. Ty Butler going until 6 o'clock right here on 987 ESPN. Do not drive off the road with this big news. DiPietro and Rothenberg. Morning, 6 to 10. I'll give it to you whenever you want it. WEPN-FM, New York.